What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. Listen, we've got some amazing sponsors, and uh, there's some promo codes in there that are active right now. You can save a little bit of money with certain sponsors, so be listening for those. And you need to go subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Big Honker Podcast. It's on YouTube. Every episode that we do here gets uploaded to there. Uh, you can watch all the craziness unfold. Also, our series, The First Family Waterfowl, it is all uh, on, on our YouTube channel. So go check it out. Head over to YouTube, Big Honker Podcast, easy to find. Get subscribed so you don't miss anything. Okay, here we go, folks. If you're going to go hunt ducks, any kind of waterfowl, you're hunting dove, you might as well be shooting the best. Shoot boss. Go unleaded, folks. Boss is the way at bossshotshells.com. Reach out to the mad scientist over there. They've got it going on. It's the best stuff in the world. I've been waterfowl hunting for basically 50 years now, probably 47 to be exact. 47 years, it's like I'm going back in time because when you hit them with boss, it's like shooting lead back in 1974. So anyways, go check them out at bossshotshells.com. Also, go check out Dive Bomb Industries for all of your silhouette needs. Uh, I got this question a lot. How many do it? What's the minimum amount of silhouettes that I need to have a successful hunt? If you're hunting lesser specs, it's 50 dozen. That's the number. Dive Bomb has made it extremely cost efficient to have a lot of decoys and they pack up nice and neat. You always got to get the bags, keep your trailer looking clean, looking fresh all season long. Uh, you can't go wrong with anything that dive bombs. What's, sells. what's dive bombs? What's it run for five dozen? Uh, 350. Three they might've gone up. Might be let's, like say let's say it's $400. For, for so, so you're going to need $4,000 for $4,000 for your buddies can chip in. Everybody throws in a thousand dollars and you got a lesser spread. To rival anybody else's works perfect. It's easy to put up. It's easy to store. No problem at all. It's divebombindustries.com. And check out their floaters if you hunt a lot of ponds. So go check out the boys at Pacific Custom Calls. They have made my favorite call in the entire planet, the BA Lesser Call. It is a screamer. It feels good in my hand, and it rips. So they've also got a promo code. If you want to save a little bit of money, which who doesn't, Use the promo code BHP25. You can save 25% off at checkout. They've got the best duck call on the market with the PCD, and uh, their spec calls are out of this world. They have two spec calls that you can choose from. The 530, which is one that I really like, and they also brought, they launched a brand new speckle belly call, the BBS. It's a board out speckle belly call. It is easy to run, and it sounds phenomenal. So check them out, pacificcustomcalls.com. You can look them up on Instagram, Pacific Calls, and use that promo code. It's there for a reason. BHP25. Also, check out the boys over at or the man over at Gun Dog Outdoors, Mr. Alex Langbell. Alex is in Canada shooting the piss out of the oh birds my, at me right he's now. He's wearing my speckle bellies out. There's not going to be any specs down here this year. He's going to he's he'll have killed them all. But you need the field trauma kit in your pickup truck and in your blind bag. It's got everything that you need to stitch a wound, stop some bleeding. Alex is a retired first responder, so. Everything in the field trauma kit is what you're going to need. Also, I like the quick release system. I latch Lou in, and it's got just a little pulley. Whenever I'm ready to send him, pull that off of him, and away he goes. And then when he comes back, just hook him back up. Keeps him safe and out of the line of fire. So if you've got a dog that breaks, or even if you have a dog that doesn't break, and you want to prevent an accident from happening, check out the quick release system. He's also got check cords. He's got uh, food and water bowls. He's got it all. So check them out, Gundog Outdoors. And we're brought to you by Jeff Stanfield Approved Shin Gear Waders. I'll just let you take this one, Jeff. I busted out the waders this time for the first time in probably 20 years, 25 years. 
I've never seen you in waders, so been that long. Twenty five over twenty five years. Most comfortable waders I've ever worn for sure in my life. The thing that was the comfort was the easy to get in and easy to get out. Nothing worse than putting on a pair of waders. I'm telling you right now, especially if you've got a, a belly. If you got a little muffin top going on, little, waders little are pooch. a pooch. Well, even a big pooch. Waders, the bigger the pooch, the harder it is to get them on. Pain in the ass to put off and on. These got a zipper on them. I mean, whoever's ever thought about putting a zipper in damn waders? You unzip them, you put them on, you zip it back up. The boots get on perfect. When you get done, you zip it down a little bit and you just kind of push the boot and they come right off. The best, most comfortable waders on the market. It's a once in a lifetime investment. You buy them once, you don't ever have to buy them another pair the rest of your life at shingearwaders.com. Because they have a guarantee that they will stand behind their product for as long as you stand in them. So if you put a hole in it, you send them back, they fix it and send it right back to you. So customer service is unmatched. Also brought to you by the boys over at Lucky Duck. And the ladies, I guess I should say, too. i got to quit saying just the guys. Yeah, there's a lot know, of women out there. A little, little chauvinistic. It's dove season here in Texas. It is teal season here in Texas. And uh, let me tell you, they got spinners for everything. Uh, dove, duck, uh, they got goose flappers, which are good for later in the year. Uh, but right now we're focusing on dove. And I tell you what, six, seven of those dove spinners out there, and they, they, the dove will commit like ducks. It is fa- it's fascinating to watch. Um, they've also got one of the best blinds on the market, the two by four blind. Um, if you're a predator hunter, they've got stuff for you, uh, as far as e-collars and stuff. So kind of, uh, they got, they got a wide variety of, of things that you can buy. So you should check them out at luckyduck.com. And if you're needing motion of some sort, and my favorite product of 2022 is the Lucky Duck Swimmer HDI. You put it on the water and it looks like a duck swimming in your decoys. So, unrivaled motion got a good looking wake on it and it looks fantastic i cannot wait to use it this year that is at luckyduck.com also brought to you by logan and rebel over at looking glass duck club podcast all you got to do is go to their patreon type in the looking glass podcast donate to their patreon account and you will have access to their entire library and we have a giveaway going on with them and details to follow uh it's going to be for a a three man three a three-man goose hunt Three-day goose hunt, six-man. Six-man, so, three days goose hunt, lodge and meals come in on Sunday, leave on Wednesday, get a hangout with Logan Pitt, the legend himself, Mr. Oakland Raider, Las Vegas Raider, Mr. Owen 2 Raider, as a matter of fact, at that deal at this him time. Him and I are big Raiders fans. They're big Raiders fans, big, big, big Raiders fans. So check them out at Looking Glass Duck Club Just go to, go to their Patreon, and it'll just type in their podcast, and away you go. And if you want to be comfortable this hunting season – Need to do it in the Stanfield stool made by Alpha Outdoor Industries. And they've also got a blind caddy coming up for your favorite two by four blinds. There you go. It'll hook onto your A frame blind and then you can keep all of your stuff uh, right there in front of you. The Stanfield stool is phenomenal. These guys are a machine shop. So if you've got an idea for a product that you think that the waterfowl world needs to see, I highly suggest that you get a hold of them and they can mock up whatever uh, crazy idea you might have. So uh, the Stanfield Stool, can't wait to use it. Also, we're brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. Mr. Brandon Bing, uh, he has crafted a delicious taste in whiskey along with making some outstanding music. Uh, Bangtail Whiskey is not for the faint of heart. Bangtail embodies the select few who believe in hard work and relish in the opportunity to take a step back to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Whether relaxing for a midweek swaller or communing on the weekend with quality people, Bangtail is sure to provide a truly unique and tasteful experience time and time again. With deep southern roots, Bangtail provides a first-class, handcrafted whiskey experience. Pour a jigger of Bangtail and enjoy. 
Must be 21 years or older. Brought to you by our good friends at Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. If you need a hunt, camping trip, <laughs> buy a canoe, go to Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. No, seriously, folks. Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Me and Tony started this business 30 years ago. Proud to be in the business 30 years. Proud to be at Knox and Haskell County, Texas. If you're looking for a waterfowl hunt, I do have the week before Thanksgiving, I have an opening on Monday, Tuesday, the days before Thanksgiving, and I think I have Those the, are primo dates, oh, by the way. Premium days. And I and I have a couple of days still. I have the week before Christmas, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday before Christmas. I have room for one spot. So anyways, both of those dates, six people, private party. We can shoot geese, ducks, cranes, anything you want to do, lodging meals, pheasants, wild hogs. Uh, not even we, do a domestic hog, I guess, if you wanted one. Anyways, give us a call, 940-658-3172 at Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. And every morning at Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, we start off with dirty duck coffee. If your coffee's not the duck, it's going to suck. The Missouri Boat Ride Blend, a little bit of high velocity, gets me going every single morning out here. It's what I fill my thermos up with on those nice cold mornings in the blind. Check them out, dirtyduckcoffee.com. They've also got Instagram. They make fantastic premium roast coffee, and they've actually got a little contest going on right now so uh check out their instagram for details on it but yeah you go to their website you can order coffee ship straight to your door and it's delicious um i really 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 enjoy the missouri boat ride blend and i had sons up guns up one another one of their roasts at game fair and it was delicious also so you cannot go wrong no matter what you get from dirty duck coffee and we're brought to you by double t british kennels folks if you need a started dog you need a puppy you need your dog trained you need to call it Double T British Kennels. We had a British lab work here one time. Rhea, my dad brought it here in 1987, 88. As good a dog as I've ever been when it comes to be the disposition that they use, the looks, the drive, the smarts. You need to check out Corey and them at Double T British Kennels. Good looking dogs. Uh, they've got a stud, stud dog there. So um, check them out if you're needing a, a dog for this coming waterfowl season. They have dogs of every age and every level of training and uh, different ages. So you want a puppy, they got it. You want to start a dog, they got it definitely. So Double T British Kennels. Last but not least, we are brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. For 85 years, they have been putting ducks back into the sky for waterfowlers. Um, 80 cents out of every dollar goes back into wetlands and uh, wetland conservation and ducks. So they put uh, they put their money where their mouth is, and you don't have to worry about your dollars not going to uh, what you think they are. They're a great organization at Ducks Unlimited, and we are proud to be associated with them. I hope that you would uh, become a Ducks Unlimited member or go to one of the uh, shows that they have coming up. Spend a little bit of money with them. It puts more ducks back in the sky for us. If you go to the duck factories anywhere in the United States and Canada, and you see where the ducks are making ducks, making whoopee and sending little baby ducks down the way. Everywhere you go, there'll be a DU head sticker everywhere you go. And when you see that duck head, you know exactly what it is. It'll be a DU facility, uh, conservation area, duck factory, whatever you want to call it. That's Ducks Unlimited. Check them out at, is it DucksUnlimited.org? Uh, I think it's Ducks.org. Ducks.org. Type in Ducks Unlimited into your search engine and they'll come up. I promise. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast, we are honored to have the Goose God himself, the Goose God of Minnesota, Mr. Dave Reese. He worked for us uh, coming up on 20 years ago now. We're talking to him from the duck blind. It's a slow morning in Minnesota right now. Ducks are all holed up in a cove somewhere, but him and his brother have taken over Randy Bart's company, the Flagman, and they, they've rebranded it the uh, Flagman Legacy Products, so... Uh, they've got a lot of cool stuff coming out. They've retooled uh, some of the flags. They can get a, they can get a little bit more use out of them for 
you know, those things break after a while, but they figured out a way to uh, extend the life of a flag and uh, got a lot of cool stuff over there. So check them out at Flagman Legacy Products. Here he is, Dave Reese. Hoochie Coo. Turn Jeff's frown yeah. upside I'm, down. I'm going to try to kill these mallards while you're there. You it's go perfect. ahead. the music that scared him away. Alright, here we go. Three, two, Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. This podcast brought to you by Alpha Outdoor Specialties, home of the Stanfield Stool. Correct. I am with the world-famous Andy Shaver. Also and correct. In the duck blind, live. The best ever. The, my best, the best goose guide ever worked for me ever. In the blind from Vergas Falls, Minnesota, Mr. Dave Reese. Hello, Dave. How are you doing, bud? How you doing? This is becoming our yearly tradition, catching you in the duck blind. Was it this time last year? It was. About this time last year? It was. I don't know if it was this exact time last year. I could pro. I'll look later. But yeah, it was right around the same time. So given that it probably, it was mid-October, how is hunting compared to last year? You know what? It's been, um, opening was a little slow. I mean, we did all right, but weren't shooting limits by no means. Um, It's been picking up actually pretty steadily. Um, minus today, um, last weekend we, we did really well. Um, the redheads and the cans and a lot of the divers started showing up and seeing a lot of pintails, mallards, teal, um, birds are starting to move down from up in Canada. We're shooting some Northern birds. Cause I mean, Uh, really when you look at it, there has not been a big major system to move anything, at least not down here. Like it's going to be 90 degrees tomorrow. Yeah, and it was 81 here yesterday, but it's 40, probably 42 here now. Yeah, I think next week is going to be our first major. It's going to get down highs in the uh, upper 50s, low 60s. Yeah, I, I think one low, uh, uh, one of the lows one night is going to be in the 30s. Yeah, 59. Yeah, we're and... supposed to see like high 20s next week right, as our lows. Them. Now, I read today on a post, a guy was talking, he said, going to be the grand migration next week oh boy and i you know i don't know if it is or it's not but you know what he ain't far off yeah i mean it's that time and if you're going to be in the 20s it's going to be 59 here for a high i think on monday and tuesday with a low of like 36 or 37 which is nippy weather for us this time of year uh new york is going to be where we're at is going to be the highs around 40 and Mm -hmm. 32 every day and I mean, so it's a big, massive cold front. It is. And I haven't looked at Montana to see what they're like, but I'm, I know they're going to be cold, cold, but it's that time of year. Yeah. Our water's starting to cool down finally. And that's what's helping us. It's actually, I just started last night seeing mallards start hitting the fields. Oh, really? Um, and otherwise I've been watching them for two weeks, hoping to shoot them over lot dry land. And we have, they haven't left the water. It's been too nice. It's water's too warm. 
bugs are bugs are still going around and all that stuff because that's what they feed yeah, on. We're, most we're of finally the time. killing all the bugs off now. Right. I saw my my next Monday and Tuesday is going to be the lows in the mid forties, so they're really not getting cold yet. I mean, I don't know what the average temperature is for. I don't know if that's normal or it's above. Right. But I mean, you know, because the moon's still pretty big. We just had a full moon a couple days ago. So you yeah. get that with uh, with this big north wind and a little bit of cold weather, and it's a start. Definitely, it's better than what we've been having. Well, from what I'm hearing, from me all the way up into Canada, is lots of birds. Yes, yes. So, we um, uh, we talked to Zach Meyer yesterday, and he was he, they went to Canada for four or five days. I don't know, but they just they piss pounded the speckle bellies wherever they were. And that's something that I'm seeing is everybody shooting a lot of specs. Yeah, Saskatchewan probably. A lot of a lot of Saskatchewan kills a lot of them. I just wonder oh. what that's going to do to us. I haven't seen any here, but I've seen a few snows. Is that uncommon? Yeah, you know, we don't get a lot of them. Um, but I, you know, I've seen 15, 20 different snows, I guess, in the last week or two. Um you know, the I'd say the birds that I was shooting on the weekend were f- five days earlier than they normally are here. Right. Do you? Did and you the ever birds keep that a... we're cleaning have no November plumage? Really? Which I mean, like they're thick. They their feathers are like an inch inch thick in November. That usually don't happen till November, and we're shooting birds that have that kind of feather thickness already so i don't know maybe it's going to be a hard winter you know the birds are kind of telling us that but um might be an early fall or early cool down where birds will roll you guys may do really well if we have a hard winter up here i'm hoping so that would be so nice i just i don't have any faith in the weather anymore at all i I just want to be able to use all my clothes (laughs) <laughs> like, fuck i've been buying i've been buying this nice shit for years and it's just sitting in a closet collecting dust and sitting on a hanger that would be the nice part you yeah should... you got boys coming up andy they'll inherit it like mine steal all mine now <laughs> yeah your your boys are uh you got the one he's pretty much bigger than you though i don't know he can steal too much more of your shit oh yeah i I always tell him you might be bigger. You might not probably won't be meaner. <laughs> I don't know. I'd hate to. I'd hate to piss him off. You're gonna have to bring your A game. You're gonna. You, you'll. You'll see. You know. You hear that the Toby Key song. I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. <laughs> they make a pill for everything now. Don't you know that? <laughs> he was a. He was a big old corn fed kid. Yeah. Yeah. I come out of that. Now, elev- he does. You know what? I, my boy's been doing really good. He's. He's having a. He's been having a hell of a year in football, and God, I think he averages probably three sacks a game. Mm. Um, he's been doing really well. Is he a senior this year or a junior? No, he's just a junior. Yeah, I, I come out of the elevator, and he goes, Are you Jeff Stanfield? <laughs> who did I piss <laughs> off? I was like, did I owe you some money, son? <laughs> Depends on who you are if I'm Jeff Stanfield. <laughs> no, that fat bastard just left. <laughs> <laughs> if you see him, I'm looking for him also. Now, your youngest son is ate up with waterfowl hunting, isn't he? My middle one. Your middle, middle one? one. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. He's got it as bad as I ever did, Jeff, back when I was a kid. I can tell. He messages me sometimes. He's all about it. You, you can definitely tell that. Oh, yeah. 
so there, there's definitely some. Um, he's actually he's coming a long ways. This that kid can really blow a call pretty good now. Better than most of my, <laughs> better than most most people can. So, is he going to be uh, a calling contest guy? You know he he might. He talked about it at one point in time, and um, Josh Mason he's been getting back into it too now. Um, so between and his boy is too. So I don't know. You know me. I was never really into that, but um, I don't know. I if he needed a partner for doubles or something like that. You might even see me at it again. I don't know. I'll tell you what, if Josh Mason, the kid that worked for me 20 shit, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, 98 to like 2001. But I promise you, if I just, if Josh would have walked by, if me and him were stuck in the elevator, I would have never known that was Josh Mason. He got old. Oh, yeah. on, he got old yeah. on me. Because he was the he was the kid when when he was here. He yeah. was nineteen to twenty one, I think. He was eighteen. Years he worked here. He graduated high school and come to work for us. And he, I was a kid when you started there. <laughs> well, I wasn't much older than you were when we started this at the time. I know so, you were a kid too. Yeah, but he, uh, but yeah, that's when we could hunt off of white buckets, Jeff. Yeah. That's Just right. Sit in the field on white buckets. <laughs> he, uh. I, I would not have recognized him. I come back, I thought, this, old, this older guy looks kind of familiar. This old man. And it was Josh. And I was like, gosh, I'm mighty. I, but I would have never recognized him. But he learned to hunt from you guys. It was you and your your, your brother. And uh, Dave Gertz that worked for y'all come up and worked for us good. And Johnny Riker. And those were really good times. We, had, we, had, we killed a lot of birds, lots and lots of geese in those days. Yeah. It, you know what? It, it was it was a lot of fun. Hmm. You Might still, have been a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. You still got that old beater Chevy you used to have with the rusted out floorboards? Well, it's probably still in Weiner. <laughs> you know what? Next time I go through there, I've got a dove field over there. I'm going to go by and look. That truck, I rode with you I to the lodge one day. I guarantee, I guarantee you there ain't nothing but a block there if there's a motor left in it. Because um, there was a few people that lived across the street that were always eyeballing it up and I think the year after I left, um, Daniel said I the radiator, the alternator, and maybe the carburetor got ripped off it. Well, I can tell you by that somebody in town there. <laughs> you know what? That thing didn't owe me nothing after twelve years of guiding out of it. I rode, I rode in that thing one time to the lodge with you, and this is no <laughs> shit. I was scared to death. The floorboard was rusted out on that son of a bitch. Me, I know. You rode in it too, huh? Well, yeah. You, fucking on the day that it snowed. You we probably had, had snow shooting. Yeah. Was yeah. it snow More shooting snow, out? Was, Andy was standing in a foot of snow inside the truck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. The first time I rode, I was like, fucking, are you sure we're not going to fall through the bottom of this? I do not want to die by falling through the bottom of a pickup. Not how I want to go. <laughs> At least the day that it snowed, I would have had a little bit of cushion whenever I fell through, fell on the asphalt. There was three foot of snow that was going to block me. Hey, Jeff, it only had one brake on it. So, you know, that's, and it wasn't on that side. So that's what that hole was for. Flintstone <laughs> style. Oh, those are some good times. That day of the snows, just so everybody I know what we're talking about. We had a snowstorm one night. Freak and snowstorm. we had Big one. 15, 16 inches of snow one night. And I always had a rule at our house. If our school was going to start late, they didn't count our kids' absence. So I told Michelle, I said, they shouldn't have to go to school. It's a free day of so they shouldn't go if they start school late then we're not we're not the kids don't have to go to school so they cut the night before it started it started snowing that day and it snowed a lot 
So I told her, I said, they don't have to go. Well, all the boys want to go hunt noise. So Andy was going to hunt with Dave. And at that time, the guides, I rented the house across the street. That's where the guides lived. So Dave was leaving at 4.30 in the morning. I heard him fire up the old truck. You could hear and, it all over town. I, I got up to make sure Andy was up. And I looked out the front door at our house and our Christmas decorations where you could only see the top of them. I was like, holy fuck, it snowed a bunch <laughs> last night. And Michelle's like, oh, do you think they'll be okay? I said, fuck yeah, Dave's a freaking guy from Minnesota driving in snow and shit. Ain't no big deal to him. It was flurries to me. Yeah. <laughs> but y'all had an epic hunt. Didn't y'all shoot out yeah, like real quick? Yeah, like it's one that I'll never forget. And I don't know if it's oh. one of those things that I've made better in my mind just as I've gotten older and I was so young. But like from what I remember, uh, I mean, one for the record books. Just from the way we hid, yeah. just everything. There wasn't really anything we could have done to keep them out of the decoys that day. Yes. Yes. Like it was on just a peanut field. And I mean, we didn't even get into the field. We hunted on the road because we, we couldn't drive into the field because of the snow was so high. Yeah. We didn't know back then you could hunt on the edge like we do now. That's what we did. Like right. we got those big Magnum decoys and just kind of threw some of them out in, in front of the guys and then just told them to hide there was a snow drift at that time. They really weren't hiding, Andy. They all they, had every color of the rainbow <laughs> hat on. Do you remember that? Yeah. We had to find a, a hat for every one of them, and none of them were camel. Because they weren't prepared for it. They came all the way from Dallas, and they weren't ready for what was coming. Let me set I this, don't know if anybody was for that one. Let, let me set the stage before that hunt started. <clears throat> that, that morning before, me and Dad and Matt Reagan went duck hunting up north on one of our ranches, and we had a pretty good duck shoot. And it was early in the year because all the guides weren't here, and we weren't running a full bore yet. We were fixing to start, and this freak snowstorm came, and it started raining and snowing that afternoon. And by dark, it, the ground was white, and we had two or three inches of snow. Well, I, um, me and me and Matt and Zach were going to go, and Dad were going to go hunt that Bettis water hole again and hunt it. And we got out there that morning. It was snowed on the ground so much we couldn't even find the water hole. And there was electric fences down, cattle out of work. But that guy, I called him the night before, and I said, listen, I said, it's starting to snow more and more. So it's like at 2 or 3 o'clock. And I said, I'm not going to have my ladies come to the lodge to do dinner. I said, <clears throat> I said it's going to be bad. I said, it's going to keep snowing. I said, do you all want to move your hunt? The guy got all mad with me. He's like, listen here, I got people flying in. Listen, we'll hunt. If you can get here, we'll hunt. But we're not going to have dinner tonight. You need to eat somewhere on the road. Then he got mad at me. They got to the lodge about 11 o'clock at night because they couldn't get there because the roads were so bad. And so then the next morning after the hunt, he goes, boy, you weren't lying when you told me it was bad. No, mm -hmm. I'm not going to try to move a hunt or cancel a hunt. I lose money that way. I'm just trying for the safety. Right. And if they wouldn't have got here by 10 o'clock at night, they would not have made it. I mean, they were lucky to get here when they did. How did they get out? Were they here for a couple of days? Uh, they ended up paying and staying and hunting another day. Oh. Because they couldn't get out. And what happens with us is the day after the snowstorm or two days, it's miserable because we stick out like a sore thumb because it's bright and it's white and you can't hide hardly at all. Is that that do you is that very true? Do you think? Yes. Yeah. Don't you think, Dave? Once that snow snow starts melting, that's when it gets difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes I guess it just you know when you dig stuff up, it it's twice as bad. You know, because the dirt's that much blacker than the snow. So yeah, it it makes it tough to hide. And that's that's a lot of it. You know, that's that's ninety percent of the hunt. So what if, have you, if you've taught me anything, what have you, hunt, what have you killed this morning? Anything? Um, a Canada goose. And, um, that's been about it. We've maybe had some missed opportunities. Um, 
not paying attention. Typical. I guess we could have shot some teal. I mean, I've seen a few ducks, but they haven't really started moving yet this morning. Have you have you seen um, any? I have a. There's there's got to be I don't know five hundred to a thousand on the north end of the lake, and I've only maybe seen twenty or thirty birds total that have been in the air. Are you um, are you shooting? They blue just wing? haven't moved yet. Um, it's been kind of weird. Usually by now they kind of start moving. I figured they were waiting for the podcast, <laughs> and um, they'd start flying when um, I'd get on the phone because that's what happened last time. Are are you shooting? Are there, are there still some blue wings up there? Or is it all green wing tail? No, there's some big. I've been seeing some like twenty to forty groups of blue wings, and um, but there've been a few greenies mixed in with them. That surprises um, me that you got blue wings. The redheads in the cans just started showing up. Um, I've been seeing quite a few pennies. I don't see a lot of pennies, but um, I've been, you know, I've had two two bunches this morning I've seen so far. How many decoys are uh, you hunting over right now? How many? Uh-huh. Uh, three, four hundred maybe. No shit. Do you leave him there? He's watching yeah. something. Yep. You got you got ducks around I you right now? I stuff around, and some of them are rafts. I got, like, a bunch of them decoy rafts where I can throw a dozen to 16 on each raft and, and one anchor. So And I can move that around for stops and lines and make it look like birds just landed in the set. And you know how they all – divers bunch up a lot when they – first land or whatever or give a different look more realism are you hunting private or is this a public place private it's private so you can you can leave your shit out nobody's gonna jack with it yeah what uh crazy minnesota boys you know you don't want to mess with us did you always hunt divers as a kid or was this something that you had to learn whenever you started (laughs) working at this place no you know i yeah, when I was pretty young, I mean, I was probably 12, 13 years old going up to Bowstring and um, other northern Minnesota, and we were hunting big water um, divers. But it was just ducks to us. I mean, we um, I mean, we, we knew there was a difference between puddlers and divers, but um, diver hunting is usually cold, wet, miserable, and um, it's never dry. I mean, unless you're like what i'm doing today (laughs) but i've spent 30 years putting this place in and um so i don't have to be cold wet or miserable (laughs) while i dive around it's Um, it's not a good long plan to be cold wet and miserable no no you know what it takes all the fun out of the hunt (laughs) when you're cold wet and miserable yeah i mean it really does people need to Um, figure that out you know, well, it ain't that bad for you guys. You know, when you start at 50 degrees and it gets to 70 during the day, it isn't so bad that, you know, you don't usually get too cold, wet, and miserable. No, uh-uh. but that, that makes it even worse because, I, you know, I'm not accustomed to it. So when those days do happen, I'm like, well, oh, this when is I was extra age, fucking I'd miserable. Well, down there, I'd have to wear shorts the first month well, while I was setting up. There's there's a lot of days that I'm in a t-shirt. Yeah. I wear short and shorts and that while well, I sat up for that hour, hour and a half. And, um, and then I'd put my bibs on over that and that'd be about perfect. Yeah. If you could just figure the only thing you need is just sand not to go down your ass crack. 
So throw bibs on right before the hunt and you're golden. Yep. What, Pretty much. What what gun do you shoot? Did you ever shoot the uh, the original Super Black Eagle? Yep. Do you still have one? Yep, I got an old HK. Um, probably my favorite. I got an old original M120. That's what I probably is my favorite gun. Oh, well, you got an original M1? Yeah. Ooh. I got a couple of them. See? Hell yeah. It's pretty. Oh, you oh, got you, a, you've got it out there with you. That, oh yeah, it's it's that's my baby. That fucker is beat up. Oh come on, it's only shot a couple bullets. <laughs> yeah, that's the timber pattern. That tells you how old it is. <laughs> I've uh, when we had Zach Meyer on, that's what he said. He shot. He shot. He shoots the original Super Black Eagle, and I got to looking online last night. You can't even find them anymore. There's nowhere to be found. Not on you know, obviously not on eBay. But I got one in my safe. I haven't shot for two years. But uh, one of my buddies, his dad says those are the best, the best that Benelli ever did. Better than the two and the three. Oh, the H and Ks are definitely bulletproof. Really? Oh, I've had mine for. I bet that one. I've had. I've had it for twenty years. I got to do some reworking on the trigger because it's been shot so much. But most of them years, I shot a Benelli Nova down there. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the autos. I mean it. You know, that sand down there tears them up. Oh, trust uh, me. If you didn't want to clean your gun every day, you shot a pump. Yes. Trust me, I know. I, I went out and I got the Maxis too. Shiny new gun. Beautiful, beautiful gun. Um, Blake, who works for us, he used it one day, and it was windy as shit, and we were set up on an Edro, and it was sandy as hell, and that there was a lot of grease in that gun when I got it. I never, I didn't clean it all year. And then right before new year, Blake took it out in a sandstorm and that grease in that gun was like a magnet to that sand. I mean, it was just, and I thought, Oh God. And like he, he went to, he went to take the, the shells out and it, I mean, it was just fucking grinding. Just was it grease or was it the Cosmoline it was packed in? Well, yeah, that, that, yeah. yeah, the packing shit. Yeah. And then anyway, so I cleaned it and it had, it was, it hadn't fucking shot right since. So I messaged Browning, finally got a hold of somebody and they said, yeah, you got to oil the hell out of it. And I'm like, motherfucker, that is not going to be good out here. Yeah, no, sand's not, I mean, like on our Benelli's, we'd put like a drop, drop on each rail and then one on the, the ejector. And that was, I make three drops of oil is all we ever ran in ours. The drier you ran them, the better they were. Yeah. So I've got a, I've got an old Nova at the house that, uh, I got sitting around. I might clean that up and that might just be my bruiser gun. I don't have to feel bad about, you know, beating the shit out of it. Cause the Maxis too, it's, it, it's pretty, it's a pretty, yeah. it's a pretty it's gun. It's a blind gun. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, yes. It's not a field gun. No. It's something uh, that you look good showing we're up. We're setting in. preferences now to what guns we use in the blinds and now into the field. Right. Um, it's kind of like waiters. Yeah. I don't like that word anymore. They're man pants now. You know. They're man pants. Man pants. Waiters are. Yeah. How'd you come we'll up with that? Know, don't that sound better than then go put your waiters on? Go put your man pants on. Go put your man pants on. You would get more people to wear them. You wouldn't have as many people showing up to the showing up without them. That's that's yeah. the, that's the thing out here. We draw straws to see who's going to wear the waiters the next day. Most of the time, I lose. 
<laughs> yeah, I do too. But if we, but, call- you know, I don't, I don't really mind them. You know, the new waiters are pretty damn nice. I got to move this camera; it's starting to rain on me here. Uh oh. Yeah, the waiters, the new waiters are very nice. Jeff's got him a nice pair of those shin gears, and whoo! Yeah, you could sleep give in you a them. Picture of the set if you want. Here, yeah, can I spin this around? I'll just do it this way. It sounds windy there. It is windy. Which out of the I'll north? Give, I'll give you the, the good side. We can't really see much because the camera's not focusing. Because it's oh, isn't it? No, it focuses on you, not on the can. This stuff. It is windy though. Which way is the wind blowing out of the north? Northwest. It is. Big migration day. Spot here. When do y'all get y'all's first snow in the next two weeks? God, you know, they're talking snow this next week up in Canada. I don't know if it's going to reach that far up here. Um, but we're supposed to get some, a lot of weather's going to change. I think we have our fall and it's going into our mid-fall now. We're, we're half to three quarters of the way out of our crops. Our crops are out. Here, here's the problem we're having. We're going to have if things don't change. Peace River, Alberta, which is way up there. High fifty four Wednesday, high fifty eight Sunday, high fifty four next Thursday. They don't even have a day below freezing after today for ten days. Right, and that's just that's kind. That's what's got me worried about stuff. You know, as cold as it's going to get for us to be in the fifties on Monday and Tuesday, it's cool. That's cold for us for this time of year. Yeah, but it's going to be the same temperature in. Our temperature Monday and Tuesday is going to be lower than it is in Peace River, Cal- in Alberta. Yeah, that's not good. No, and that, that's just that's crazy. And then I'm going to look at Carrot River, and their temperatures are going to be uh, – they got below freezing two days, and the rest of the time it's going to be above freezing, and the highs are going to be in the low 50s. Yeah. You know, it's it's time for them to get a front where they're 25 or 30 degrees for the highs. And that's what we need. Is it rain I'm seeing now on you? Yeah, that's what he said. He had to move his camera. Yeah, it's raining on me. What a beautiful morning. It, you know, it's a very ducky morning for not much duckiness going on. <laughs> not much duckiness. And I've seen a few birds, but um, I'd figure they'd be just ripping through the decoys by now. How, how many guys you got at camp right now? I just got a couple friends up. They're on the end of the, they're on the end of the um, point. And um, we just thought it'd be a good day to go out and, Wax some cans and redheads, but um, haven't seen many yet. Hey, I'm going to ask you about somebody I hadn't thought of in a long time. Uh, John, what was the fireman's name from Shreveport that drove all over the country to go duck hunting in a day? John Clark. John Clark. How, what's he doing nowadays? God, I think he's still in Shreveport. Um, I don't know. I, it's been a few years since I talked to him, but he was... Um, I think he still hunted all over the place, but he got into bass fishing or fishing of some sort. And I know he'd really been doing a lot of fishing. Um, I'm sure he, I got a, 20 years ago, I think he retired from the Shreveport um, Fire Department. So, I mean, He would like wake up and drive to California and go hunt for two days and come back and do a shift at the fire department and then drive to go to Minnesota or North Dakota. And then come out here for two days. I've never known anybody in my life that would that traveled that much to duck hunt the way he did. <laughs> he did. He traveled a lot. He went all over the place, that's for sure. I don't remember him. You don't? Mm-mm. He shot a banded mallard with you one time. He come down a couple times, didn't he, Jeff? He worked for me part-time a little bit. 
he fill in sometimes here and there. He's a nice guy. He was ate up. He was ate up with waterfowl hunting. I mean, ate up with it. Mags like mags. Yeah. Very passionate. Was he? Was, he wasn't married or nothing, was he, Dave? No. I think his marriage was. To, I don't think he ever got married. Yeah. I, think, I don't know if I ever even heard of him. Don't even remember him even having a girlfriend. I think he was married to waterfowl hunting. Pretty much. I mean, he was. Dogs. Yep. Waterfowl. And, I mean, he he hunted he hunted a lot of different stuff, but he really loved waterfowl. He Water. was as, he was as passionate about as anybody I've ever been around in my life when it comes to that. I mean, just, but yeah, I'm serious. He, yeah, he, most of the time. yeah, he was telling me one time we were talking in the office and he goes, yeah, he said, one sec, out in California, we're just wearing them out. I saw you got some guys out there. Oh, I was there yesterday. Like, huh? <laughs> you know, he drove all night to get here to hunt, shoot some couple speckle bellies, and then going back to Shreveport, went to the fire station for a day, come back here and hunted a day or two, and then took off, went to California to hunt two more days and drive back. That's a long yeah. fucking drive. Yeah. When will you switch to uh, to geese and go out into the fields? Just once all the crops come out? What's that? When will you switch to goose hunting and go out into the fields? Just when all your crops come out? Yeah, or when I get get sick of shooting ducks, I guess. I, You know, we only get so many days to shoot the ducks, so I kind of I worry about the ducks more right away until about November, and then from November, December, I kind of switch gears and go more towards the geese um but i'll run them you know a lot of times we'll have mallards right till thanksgiving and even after that but we can only usually hunt them till thanksgiving so, and then um then we'll usually have lots after that so your season but, ends um, too early yeah, you know, I wish we had more more time. Just, you know, if we could hunt 365 days a year, that'd be all right with me. <laughs> but y'all, y'all season though is still based on the stuff in the 30s and 40s when it would freeze up up there and there was no ducks left. Nowadays, they could start your season later and you could run clear till January 1st. We could, and we'd shoot a lot of mallards, a lot of big, nice tubby mallards. There, I mean, they're starting to just show up here now. Um, I got one lake north of me over there last night, I suppose. Went from a couple hundred to probably five to 700 last night. So, I mean, we're, we're getting birds. Um, I started watching them hit the fields for the first time last night. Um, I don't know what why they're not moving this morning because they were everywhere last night flying around here. Um. That is that is interesting though that and that's what I was thinking whenever you were saying that your season cuts out too early like it was based on when they started setting these dates it was based on everything freezing up north and pushing all the ducks out and it's not yeah. that way anymore. Well, and then there's other ones that would say, well, we don't get a lot of chance to shoot the wood ducks or the teal. Well, um big whoop de doo. We haven't we have an early teal season now and our season still starts in September, right. which is great for shooting teal. But, um, some of them birds probably hatched out two months ago. Yeah. I, you know, I think that the federal government really was worried about the hunters and not just about making income off of stuff. And they wanted to fix things right. Teal season, like where we are, should open September the second weekend in September and should stay open till the middle of October. 
Because you're either going to have them or you don't. Because most of those blue-winged teal don't get hunted anyways. Most of them die of old age, which is three. And dove season should open September 1st. Dove season should be open from September 1st through the end of February. It would make no difference on the dove numbers either. Yeah, but I think that they have days. I think that the I think that they're bargained uh, amount of days that you can hunt. Well, no, no, I understand that, but I'm saying it wouldn't make any difference on the species. If you're worried about the the species and the number of birds killed, it wouldn't make any difference on dove or anything else. Is what that's what I'm saying. Dove season should open September 1st and go through the end of February, every day, because most people aren't even hunting them now, anyways. Right. And then well, and then we could do it in the afternoons if we had. You know, we we do a lot of afternoon dove hunting, and but. Teal season should open when teal season opens and should stay open until the middle of October because most blue-winged teal in our country in that three-week period, after that, those birds are in Colombia or South South America or Mexico, and nobody hunts them anyways. Yeah, but, I mean, it's always been a two-week season. No, it's three weeks now. They've extended That's it right. a week. By, by one week. But you could extend it for five more weeks or four more weeks, and there wouldn't be that many. I'm just saying that the, the number of birds going back to nest wouldn't be much different, I don't think. Right. But I also get in Minnesota where you would want to hunt in September and not have to wait until late September to hunt ducks. So I get that also. But how many? I, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, when I first got in the hunting business, those guys would call me in December, for, or 1st of December, and like, hey, y'all got, are y'all killing a bunch of birds? Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're froze up up here. We don't have anything. We want to come down there and go hunting. And that was pretty normal. Well, nowadays, yeah. Guys are crazy to leave the Dakotas. If you want to shoot mallards, stay in the Dakotas and hunt all the way through Christmas if you can, mm-hmm. because well, they have birds now. My, you know, when I started with you, I worked at, when I started at, you know, I'd come and work up here at St. Paul Pass, and I they'd hire me from September till the first week of November, because mm-hmm. after that it was froze froze up and you couldn't hunt. And I've seen years where it's December up here sometimes, and there's still open water. We right. we uh we we'll, we start hunting the first weekend in November. We we have duck hunters the weekend before. We got one group of duck hunters that weekend. Thanks Halloween weekend, Andy has, and then we start hunting geese the first weekend in November. And we are going to go balls to the wall from then because we have the birds here. At Monday and Tuesday, we'll we'll, we'll have ten thousand speckle bellies here Monday or Tuesday. Right. With it 59 degrees. And we may have more than that. We may have 20,000 birds here. But those birds will come on the calendar and it's gotten cold. But we didn't, back when you worked for me, we, we didn't have the speckle belly numbers like we do now. We had Canada. Get, we were waiting for the Canadas to get here. And we usually would start about the second weekend in November is when you would start. Is that about yeah, right, David? I did literally show up about the same time I did. Yep. And then right. we would, and because y'all had Thanksgiving dinner with us every year. Yeah. And tar, or with tar waters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, they had, you know, they quit doing that a long time ago, but that, I forgot about that. That's when Scott and them came here and they, all, they sent all their wives to spas and stuff. And the guys come out here and they had a big dinner. Those are, those are some good times. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Nice people. But it was, it was a gradual ramp up until all the Canada's got here. Now, I mean, like Jeff said, next Monday and Tuesday, we're going to see a big, we're going to see a big influx of speckle bellies. And I mean, we can start hunting right away we could start hunting next thursday <laughs> we could hunt a, i could do a goose hunt today there's a cornfield hill there's got enough birds on it to hunt you get two volleys that'd be it but shoot straight boys yeah <laughs> make the most of it because there ain't no more coming hey do you remember those old bibs that you used to have what were they called were they mad the dog what? bibs were they mad dog yeah 
Whatever happened to that company? I don't know. Stearns, they were a Stearns. Stearns is the company. And I think Mad Dog was the name of the um, the line of bibs they had out. But yeah, they were like the, you know, it's funny. I mentioned them the other day. I said, God, I wish I could get a set of them saddle cloth bibs like I used to have. Yeah, they were badass. They went up really high. I like bibs that go up pretty high just because, like, you know, the sand and all that other stuff. You oh, yeah. You don't want it going down your ass crack. So I liked them that they went like, all, fuck, they went damn near up to your shoulder blade, up to your shoulder blades. Oh, yeah. Yep. And they were tough and durable also. Yeah, they were the toughest set of bibs I've ever owned. And I've, I've owned, I used to buy like two sets almost every year. And they were made by Stearns? Yeah, they made the book the book, uh, boat cushions and stuff. Yeah, yep, yep. Same kind. That's a good company. I guess they, I'm uh, sure they got bought up by one of the big conglomerates. It's ruining. No, everything. I think yep. I have one set of them bibs left in a different. It isn't in the. It's in a dark like a timber pattern. Because you had like what cornfield or something like that. From what I remember, what's that? Yours was like what cornfield or something like that. Uh, wetlands. Wetlands. That's right. That's right. I wish and it had, you know, I'd been in that sand for so many years. It had that red, red tint to it. So, I mean, it blended in perfect. Yeah. I, uh, I lost my train of thought of what I did. Camouflage corn fudge. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wish we could find some of that shit. That old, uh, that old green camouflage. Get some shirts. I still made have out of some. It. You do? Uh-huh. But There's can, a bolt of it around here somewhere. Yeah, but I don't know. It, the shirts that you had made were like this thick, thick material. Right. And I had a shirt, and I, I lent it out to somebody that was hunting up in the wheat, and I don't know where the fuck it went. I think if you go over and look no, right now. No, yours, that's big. No, in the Connex, there's some. <clears throat> I still have a set of pants and shirt of that from you guys. <laughs> the, the I still have one of the original black. Remember the black? I mean, got it. There's a picture of me. There's a thousand of them um, in me in a black Stanfield um, uh, sweatshirt, Mm -hmm. not a hoodie, just a sweatshirt. I still have that sweatshirt. My wife wears it at least once or twice a week. (laughs) That's the one mom has, I bet. She wears it. The neck's all ripped out. She wants. Oh, yeah, it's. It's seen better days, but oh my God, I, it's 25, 30 years old. Michelle wants to redo the um, hoodie. I had a guy this weekend ask Not for a, a, a sweatshirt. Yeah. He goes, you just have sweatshirts? And Michelle goes, we need to do sweatshirts again. I said, well, you're in charge of that. We've got so much damn stuff in our merchandise right now, and it'll all be gone you know, by the end of hunting season. Everything gets picked through and stuff, and we've got a ton of stuff now, but she wants to do just a hoodie. I mean, not a hoodie, just a sweatshirt. Just a sweatshirt. The no old-fashioned... Stanfield like, like logo, the old school one. If I do some, I'll send you a new one, Dave. Well, I'd, I'd probably need one. You need to do the original logo, not the logo we have now. What is the original one? The original one that Dave has. You've the the goose has changed on the logo. Well, you show me the old one, and we'll get Michael mm-hmm. to do those. Okay, well, Jeff, I'll I'll show you. I think it's more detailed now, and cl- it's yeah, it, okay. it's it's too clean now, Dave. Just like everything else, you want that vintage look. Well, you know, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to order. I'm actually going to maybe make some sweatshirts, but I'm going to go with the retro camo. Oh, I've got caps. It. I've I did retro camo caps, and I they they're moving like crazy off of our shop on our Facebook or oh. our website stanfieldhunting.com. If you want to get you a, an old fashioned cap, and I just got 200 more that being that were shipped here today. 
That's the old school stuff. That's the new thing yeah, right yeah, now. You know what? That's what kids want nowadays. Yeah. Yep. The you old know, the I old mean, shit that I couldn't wait to get out of. I couldn't wait to get out of that stuff and get a real set of real set of camouflage. Couldn't wait to get Max. now everybody wants now everybody wants that old blotchy pattern. Yeah. Which it works good. Yeah, it's good. It's a very good camo pattern. But I that was my very first set of bibs was that old school camo. And I was like, oh fuck. I think then it was uh like Max three or something. And I could not wait to get a set of Max Three or uh, Shadowgrass. Shadowgrass is what I wanted. Shadowgrass is coming back a little bit through Filson. Oh yeah, I like the Bob Allen stuff that he had. The old DU cat camo. I got an old DU coat here that was my first Gore-Tex jacket, and I bet it's. Oof, that's suckers. I wish there was money in vintage old camo clothes because I got a ton of them. We got there a, is there is yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not going to jack with having to go. Sell. I've got a Connex full of stuff. I'm telling you, I, I've got them. There, there's not a vintage hunting place out there that's got more stuff than we do that I've got stuck back. I've got everything from Sitka and all kinds of stuff that's been left here and that we've bought and used and, and just tons of stuff back there. Yeah, I was the same way. I Duffel bags full of different camos for down there. Oh, my God. I bet I had, when I worked for you, I bet I had 10, 15 suits I'd wear. <laughs> And do you remember them failing ever? Because like now, it's always the ass either busts out or the zippers fucked not, up. Not my Mad Dog ones. No, definitely not Mad Dog. You know, um, some of the cheaper ones, yeah. Some of them, you know, it was so warm they were just basically cotton. You know, there was no Gore-Tex or nothing to them. Some of that rockaflage, um, that cornfield, a lot of that cornfield stuff. Um, was all none of that was waterproof. Half half the stuff wasn't waterproof. The the corn flaw the corn flaws their green was really good for hunting the wheat for us. Yeah. Well, we, we back, still have yeah. the green blankets. Yeah, we have the green blankets still with their stuff. My dad loved that stuff. Mm-hmm. Should have buried him in it. Well, we burned him and put his ashes. Well, that's true too. We should have put some in there when we burned him. That is the original logo. Text yeah, that, no kidding. You get that one that again, that pattern out there again. Te- I don't know where anybody's got any bolts of that. Even Randy didn't have any of that left. Text text me that, Andy. We're gonna run a we're gonna run a hoodie or we're gonna run a sweatshirt with that. And he had everything. Yeah, I wore my uh I didn't realize until I got out here yesterday that we were doing you today. I wore my I wore my uh flagman shirt yesterday. Oh, that's all right. For yesterday's podcast. So or actually I wore it on two yesterday. Hey, did you um did you get a chance to check out the flag? I saw him at Game Fair. Had you, well, didn't Steve send you a couple? No, I hadn't got them yet. What came you know, with that sweatshirt? I don't have a clue. Oh, I'll have to ask him about no, that. No, you know I what? Uh-uh. You one. Maybe he hadn't yet. He shipped me the Randy Bart's autograph flag, and it's on the wall in the pro shop. And then I put it up oh, in the T-shirt. But he, and didn't, then, he, hadn't, he hadn't shipped you a Polander. Uh, no, a not yet. If he has, Jeff's hiding it from me. I don't like that one. But I'll I like ask the original him about one. it. Yeah, ask him about it. But yeah, I wore. Uh, I got out here yesterday, and Jeff said, "Yeah, we got Dave tomorrow." And I said, "Well, motherfucker, I'm wearing a shirt today." But it doesn't matter. It, it is a nice. I like that logo though. Are you you're going to do more of that kind of stuff, like with uh, that logo on uh, hoodies and stuff? Yeah, actually, I think the one I'm going to do it. We're going to put on it like. Um, just the flagman logo on the front and then make it kind of retro with that camo pattern on it. Um, that old camo pattern, 
was put on the back, killing them since 1986 or something like that, because that's when Randy, that's when Randy started the flagging thing. Yeah. So it kind of gives it that retro little touch to it on the back, and then have the Flagman logo on underneath of that. You imagine all the geese and all the ducks and everything that's been killed over the years underneath one of his flags. Using that technology. Mm. It's kind of scary what, you know, it kind of changed that up. You know, there's a lot of guys like even like Jeff Boyles, he'll tell you, I'd take a call and a flag. And he says, if you had to choose one to kill birds, it'd be the flag. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. That's what Lee Chose yeah, was saying we, this weekend. We talked about the same story. We had Lee out, and he said, "Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Wolves even tell you, give me a caller, give me a choice. I can only take a caller or a flag, and I'm taking the flag." Yep. But I mean, and and I've seen, I saw, you know, your improvements at Game Fair, and you know, you guys, y'all are really onto something because, you know, the old flags, the the rods would come out, and you fix that problem, and I really like your pole flag that you showed me there. So I mean, you guys got a good product line. No, we've been we've been getting a lot more calls. It's getting out there a little more, you know. It's um, a lot of that younger generation don't even know who Randy was. Ain't that sad? So it's basically me just starting back right over with Rand for Randy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, but that's all right. I mean, it's a good thing. Um, you know, it's just hard to make something you you sit and wave and beat on the entire day make last, you know, and um mechanically you just got to make it that way right um i i don't expect it to last five years but i expect it to last a year mm-hmm. i don't want it to break while i'm hunting um you know that's that's that'll make you lose birds right do they have oh, the wings go flying off about the time the geese set their wings to come in um do they have a waterfowl hall of fame Yes. Yep, rant, yep, yep, yep. I don't remember how many years ago. That was probably 10 years ago. He was inducted to that one. Where, where, Missouri. Where's it at? It's in Missouri? Missouri. Yeah, Randy should be in there for sure. 100%. Yeah, he is. Yep. Yeah, if he if he's not in it, like nobody's getting nobody should be in it. Oh, it's 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 all guys like him and Grounds and I mean there's there's some pretty um pretty good names in there. That is sad, though, like Jeff was saying, that this younger generation doesn't even know who he was. And, I mean, he he invented one of the most revolutionary products that changed the landscape of waterfowl hunting. Yes. I mean, he made them for everybody that that made flags. I mean, Grounds made his Grounds Crab Orchard flag was Randy's flag. Um, He made flags for Sean Mann all them years. All them Eastern Square flags, Randy was making them for Sean. Um, now, you know, he did a lot of, he made a lot of flags over the years. Hell, I got half of them in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> Would he just let guys put their name on his product? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was his product, but they'd sell it as kind of their deal. They worked in collaboration with Randy and, you know, it'd be Randy's flag, but it would also be promoting what, you know, put their whatever their name on it or whatever. Right. Um, still selling flags. Um, pretty obvious to know whose was whose. Um, you know, I, I never had anything. I mean, I tried other ones and stuff, but everybody, you know, you'd always have the other guy that would bring his own flag or stuff like that. But 
all them years, I mean, I was started with Randy. So I always had Randy's stuff. You know, I guess I never took it, you know, we'd have to work on stuff occasionally, but nothing a roll of black tape wouldn't usually fix. And Yeah, I can remember <laughs> taping my flag up often because, you know, you tape the ends up. That way they wouldn't work themselves out. And then you knew it was time for another flag by about the yeah. end of the hunt. Or, you know, they were. it was part of that was that wooden doll going through there and it would wear back and forth. And, you know, eventually, you know, two hard things rubbing together are going to wear, one's going to wear out. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's why that rubber tip thing, I think is the last or makes it work so much better too. You know, it takes all the shock of that fiberglass rod and rubber stretches. It doesn't wear out, you know? Yeah. Well, um, you know, you said it perfectly. It's something that you're literally, you're beating the piss out of for three hours or however long you're out in the field. Like you're doing nothing but pounding on this piece of equipment. And I mean, it's just getting five years out of something is something that you're just abusing is not realistic, but it can go a year. Yeah. So, oh, and I mean, I got stuff I use, I've been using two, three years, you know, um, the, the, the hardest one are the pole kites and, you know, and they're probably the most effective. Um, but you got, nine or 10 feet of pole or mm -hmm. some of them, you know, some of the times I was running 20 footers. Yes. Um, you know, you put that laying that out there, a few of them are going to get broke. Um, I hear half of the ones I hear, they get slammed in the door. I can see that up their truck. I mean, um, the golf handle ones, go ahead, slam them in the door. I you hardly can't hurt them anymore. Yeah, or um, somebody steps on them out in the field, and then it... It don't hurt them. I mean, it doesn't? yeah, you're... The, the, I mean, as far as toughness, it's hard to beat that golf handle thing, but um, the, pole, the pole kite's probably, you know, you have a little more options on lighter winds. If it's super windy, I don't run a big pole anyway because they flop too much then, but... And then you stretch them and so they don't flop if it's real windy, but... So do a lot of people still run that up there? Because I don't see it down here. You know, yeah, around around here apparently they do. I don't suppose they see me do it. I, <laughs> I guess. Uh, you know, the pole kite thing I think is actually getting to be a little bigger thing. I don't know if Randy promoted it a lot, but um, the pole kite thing I, to me – you know, you get a 15, 20 mile an hour wind. I can't, you can't really find anything that looks more realistic than that. Right. And then you're, you know, you're, you're adding another layer of realism to your spread that you're not just on the ground. You're adding that bird that's floating in, coming into your set, you know, and that's just one more line of realism that that bird make them to believe. Well, and it, it, it if, if the guys in your area are not doing these things, it's an easy way to set yourself apart and it's pretty inexpensive. And like you said, it, it's going to add another element and another layer of realism to the birds that are in the air, because now all of a sudden yeah. they don't see that bird that's on the ground. That's flapping its wings that they saw three spreads ago. They're seeing the one spread that's got, it looks like a bird coming in. So why not set yourself apart? and get this piece of equipment and just add another tool to your arsenal. 
Well, and I've even, um, I've had a couple of the guys, they've, um, you know, they, they've used some of the other flags. I'd, actually, I just, I'm going to go meet a guy tonight on his way to Canada, and they just ordered six six pole kites for the, um, to go up into Canada, and um, I'm supposed to meet them on their way here. That'll and, be good. Um, oh. Uh-oh, we see something now. Yeah, I finally seen some birds. I'm just double making sure they're kind of working the east shoreline. What are they doing? What kind of birds? I can't. They look like divers. They were too far to tell exactly what they were. They look like divers, though. See, I would be <laughs> screwed if I had to figure out how to hunt divers. I would just hunt like a regular duck, and then I'd probably screw me. Yeah, you know, probably my favorite diver story was on the Bettis waterhole. There were divers there? Yeah, I had a group one time we were there, and um, we were shooting. We shot some mallards and some widgeon and some geese, and I'm sitting there, and I don't know if you remember these guys. They, I remember they were military guys. Do you remember that group, Jeff? I mean, this would have been 90s. But, the, the, the um, goof troop? They were all from the Army. Yeah, the goof, the goof troop? troop. They were a really good group. Yep, that's the goof yeah, troop. Yeah, they were kind of full of it. You know, they kind of like to pick on each other and everybody else. And um, we got in there and we were sitting there and we shot a few birds. And I heard this over the back of our head. And it was 40 redheads. Wow. And they spun around. They spun around the Bettis waterhole and they come in and we killed like 12 of them. <laughs> and most of them were all drakes. And I walked out in front of them and I says, Oh my God, guys, you, you just killed what, probably 12 of the last 40 devil ducks. <laughs> and I says, you know, they're almost extinct. And I, you know, they were getting almost pale looking like, Oh my God, what are we going to do, Dave? Well, I'm going to probably have to call the game warden in. And, and then I started laughing because they knew I was full of shit then. <laughs> and, but, oh, my God, for about five minutes, I had them go in there like, oh, my God, devil ducks. The devil I've never ducks. heard of them. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh, God, they were all scared. Like, oh, we're going to jail, boys. This is bad. They're, I'm surprised the game warden ain't here already. <laughs> you know, I says there's probably only 40. This was probably the last 40 living in the, the world, you know. Oh, they just were, oh, my God, sorry, Dave. <laughs> like, I was the one that called the shot. Right. First off, so it really was my fault. If right. they, you know, it wasn't. It would have been that instant, <laughs> and it wasn't. But did, did, you know, they all go. Oh God, I still remember them guys. Just one guy went from kind of really nice color to just pale <laughs> looking. There, there goes like, that promotion. Oh, I started laughing, and then they kind of like, "What are they really now, you fucker?" <laughs> so, you know, that's always kind of little things that make it fun too over the years did they ever catch those guys or whoever it was that shot those whoopers in oklahoma no never not that i'm aware of i think that'd be big news did you see that dave no i never heard about that i can't remember how many whoopers they killed did they? three three I think. or four i think three three or four whooping cranes on a on a they place they were sand hills was it over hunting season yeah it was last uh december in oklahoma somewhere. last november was it november yeah I, our name was even put up in the mix why? We weren't even there. That's what I told the guy. I was like, what did I know if it did with this? First of all, we ain't that fucking stupid first. 
I, I don't know. I Jeff. think an, I think an outfitter up there was trying to throw everybody else under the deal. I was like, we ain't even up there. We ain't that stupid to shoot a fucking whooping crane. Jeff. There's there's somebody you think we're that stupid, huh? There's just ignorance everywhere. No. Our dumbest guy ever is not shooting a white fucking crane. Especially where they did it, they hunted they shot him. Uh, it was on like a, re- a refuge, wasn't it? They shot him out of a boat, I think. I think they drove their boat oh. up on him and shot at him. I think I don't know the all the That's details. A big old but, snow goose out but there, then bub. They, they then they thought it was an outfitter that did it, and then I don't you know, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised them fuckers can't find anything on Hunter Biden's laptop. Why the fuck they could find that? But they put a lot of resources into that stuff and track cell phones and everything. Mm-hmm. And they thought they had someone caught. But last I heard, they did not caught anybody. Whoever did it, if you're listening to this podcast, if you hunt in Oklahoma, there's probably a pretty good chance you do. You're a dumbass first. And if you hadn't got caught, you're lucky as shit. Yeah. <laughs> if you got by with that, you're damn lucky. Because that's, uh, that's a hefty fine. But didn't we figure out it was like 100 grand a bird or it, some shit like that? Whoever it was would have probably spent five years in federal prison and probably spent fine three or $400,000. Could you imagine that's what you're in federal prison for? Like you're around bank robbers <laughs> and like just bad people. <laughs> what are you in for, little guy? I shot a bird. Yeah. Shot a whooping crane. Yeah. Shot a whooping crane. Totally on the endangered species yeah. list. And I just shot that fucker. What'd you do? I hacked into NASA. <laughs> I stole $2.4 million out of a Loomis armored car. What'd you do? What'd you do to get here? I shot a whooping crane. <laughs> right in the head. So don't fuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't mess with whooping cranes and devil ducks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, Dave, we appreciate you being on here, bud. I want you to get back to your hunting. Uh, hopefully, one of these days, you'll come down and see us. If you do, you need to bring Junior with you. He, yeah, yeah, he's been in my pocket anytime that I, I mean, even when I got clients, he, he wants to go, but. I can't do that every day, but he's got to go quite a bit. He wants to come. When did you get him started uh, blowing calls and stuff? Or did he just kind of always About have them and tinker nine, with them? Eight or nine. Yeah. He started. He start, He he sticks with it. With the other, all three of them try, but he sticks with it a little harder than the other two do. Cause that's, and he definitely shows that he does. Well, that's what I've got to figure out is when to get uh, my oldest into it. I mean, he's got the calls and everything, but I got to figure out like when the right time is for. And I'm not going to sit down with him for you know very off very long. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sh- finding out it's when their friends think it's cool. Well, nobody here hunts, so he's going to have to come about it all on his own. You know, um, that's why my my oldest didn't really care much about it right away, but he had a lot of kids in school that loved to hunt and the first couple of times he really didn't really care much about it and then he got i took him and a couple of his buddies a couple times where he got to shoot a couple geese or the geese were landing right on the pit and got to see got to see it was actually fun yeah i've got to figure out how i'm gonna play it ain't always about how much you kill it's kind of the carometry and everything else that's you know of the hunt and um i like these i the two buddies i got out here i like god i'm kind of sorry we're not seeing a lot you know like you know what our stress levels were way up there and they're like way down (laughs) here right now i don't care this is like really neat you know to even just be here and do this so um and i kind of feel that way but i i like to shoot some birds i want to you know i want to shoot a few birds every day but you know me i if I can't, I'd like to come in with a limit at by nine o'clock if I can. <laughs> That's how I am. Whenever I take, uh, whenever I take friends out, it's like, oh fuck, I really hope this happens. 
Yeah. But they're just like, know? I don't care. Like I'm, I'm here. And that's, I mean, I don't care if I shoot anything, but no, I, I want them either. to shoot some stuff, you know? Right. We, we did get um, up at four to do this. So like, I, I, I want the payoff to be there for you. I wake up at that every day now, but I have to <laughs> pretty much. I don't get many days off um, this time of year. So it's all right. That's a good problem to have, but I've got to figure yeah, out how I'm going to play it with Reese because I didn't have, there were, I had a couple lessons from you guys, but for the most part, I learned how to call just from listening to you guys and being out there. Yeah. And that's kind of what I tell mine are even, I said, even listening to other birds, I always, tell mine i said shit if nothing else listen i says there ain't nothing that can beat the live bird no as far as what you i says you can sound like anybody you want to on the internet but i says if you don't sound like a real goose um it really don't do you much good i mean every goose sounds a little different but um i you can tell if there's the guy's really goosey or not Mm-hmm. makes a difference yeah 100 percent. all right bubba we're gonna let you get back to it hopefully we see you this winter if we don't we'll see you at game fair next year you guys are coming up again yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah we'll come up we second a, weekend again we had great a great time. time i think i'm me i may come both weekends oh look at you i may come up with mom the first weekend and we may stay all week up there and then she fly back when andy flies in and then hang up with mandy well look at jeff just, well, you're welcome to do something. Yeah, I got one idea for you that you know maybe you should be selling Stanfield cookies all over the country <laughs> and have Michelle start making cookies and selling them. I love my wife to death, Dave. But let me tell you something: I'm in business with her at this, and I have to deal with her for four or five months a year. That's twelve months. Uh, uh-uh, hell no. Uh, uh-uh. unless some big company cookie company wants to come in and take her recipe and make them and do all that shit. I'm out on that deal. You could do it. <laughs> do what? Just, you make the batter, you make the dough, box it up and then ship it. It's that simple. Okay. Well, you tell your mom, you and her get in on that I'm collaboration together. No, See, I that's am. the same as me. Listen, you, you can talk to her, Jeff. I, I, nobody else can talk to her. I helped put out Halloween decorations yesterday. I love my wife to death, but God almighty, she's got some pit bulldog in her sometimes. Yeah, you got to do the Halloween decorations just, just right. Just the little things, you know. Do you not remember we do it this way every year? Well, fuck no, I don't remember where this exact sign went on the stuff. I thought, Jesus, I mean. Then, this is the funny thing. I put a rebar in the in the ground, and mm-hmm. we put this decoration around it. And she goes, it needs to come back. I said, which way? It needs to go to the south more. I said, okay, just, just let me do it. So she takes it. I pull it up. She takes it. She moves it north. It needs to go south. She moves it north. Well, she six, didn't know her directions. Six no to shit. Six inches, and she has it kind of slightly in there. She goes, "No, that way it, it'll do better in the wind." I go, "Are you serious?" She goes, "What?" I said, "Well, first of all, that's not south. Second of all, it it needs to be at an angle like that because the wind. I know. I deal with these all the time." I said, "Whatever." I dealt right, th- right then. I figured out I can't win in this shit. So. I was just yes, ma'am, and yes, dear, the whole time. And, <laughs> and then when we get done with this shit, we start with fucking Christmas lights. And I absolutely <laughs> hate Christmas lights. I mean, every Your little lights are not twinkling, yeah, Clark. Yeah, I come home one day, and she's in one strand on the side of our house. A four foot section wasn't working. Well, that, that just looks ghetto, Jeff. Okay, turn them well, off. Just turn them off. We just won't even have them on. If the, fucking that sounds good to me, turn them fuckers off. You know. Then the next morning, I'm up there trying to get somebody to fix my fucking lights. I pay a guy to put my lights up and take them down so I don't have to jack with them. I hate you know, it. I, I we had to remind me of Clark Griswold and the it. Christmas fun there. Oh, I know. Over it. there at your house. We, we yeah. don't. 
we don't put out as much Christmas stuff. We have more Halloween stuff now than we do Christmas stuff, thank God, because we don't put any Christmas yard decorations up anymore. I remember it was a guide's job to do Christmas lights. There was a lot. We spent there was a lot of years we'd all get up on I the roof together. I remember helping put up yep. Christmas lights yeah. more than Yeah. The yep. first y'all were the exactly. first group to do it. Y'all set a tradition <laughs> and now I, I it's pay, all broken. Now I pay a guy to do it and he comes and does it and I don't have to jack with it and I let Michelle talk talk to him about it. We could put Christmas lights up tomorrow so I wouldn't have to jack with them and November would be okay with me. Because I'm telling you, I hate Christmas. I don't even like looking at them on somebody else's yard anymore. They got that much. I just, it's just a miserable situation. <laughs> Ruined it. <laughs> it has. I hate them. Oh. But I do. I remember being up on the roof with you guys. Yeah. The guys would come over and do Christmas decorations right before Thanksgiving, and we'd turn them on Thanksgiving night. I don't but, know how we ever got anything done. And then all the people in town. Back then, Knox City had three times or four times as many kids, and people drive by, and They'd get out and take their pictures, and our, they do it the Halloween stuff now. And, you know, Michelle used to, oh, people just love it. I don't give a shit. I hate it. <laughs> what a Scrooge. I'm telling you. The older I get, the more I hate Christmas just stuff. Just a Scrooge asshole. That's all he is. God. Everybody give each other a Christmas card, have a big dinner, and go take a nap. It would be perfect. Dave, I love you, man. Good to see you. Good talking to you again. I'll see you in at least by August of next year if I don't see you before then. Yes, sir. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully January or at the end of December, when our season's done, I'll maybe I'll load up and come down that way. Do it. And if people want to buy your flag, do we have a website? How can people get a hold of you to get a flag? Uh, you can just search it at flagman.com. Easy enough. For Flagman Legacy pro- Products. Either one. Easy enough. All right, bud. We're going to let you get back to it. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks a lot, guys. See ya. Thank you, bud. The great Dave Reese. Oh, boy. He was a killing machine. The goose. God. I'm surprised the state of Minnesota has not banned him from hunting. Yeah, I don't know how he still buys a license there. Figure they would have got wise to it by now, but they have not. He is a killing machine, he for is. sure. The one and only. As he didn't kill anything today. Nope. We all, listen, Superman every once in a while, Superman he steps he on his cape. A, he said he killed a goose. Superman steps on his cape every once in a while. If, it happens. If I had to have a list. Oh, oh Siri jumped in again. There's something I say. She jumps out all the time. Uh, I would I would honestly say on my list he would be number one best killer I've ever had. And I've had some great guys work for me, lots of good guys, but he is he is up there big time. That old hunt proof app. We're gonna see who your number two is this year. You know I've got a lot of people who've got on the hunt proof app that have made me friends, but nobody is buy the service. It costs you ten dollars a freaking year, or five dollars a month, or whatever it is. I can't remember what it is. Buy the damn thing and log in and put all your journals there. It's the way to go. I don't understand. I thought it, I thought that the free version did everything. That the there were some minor you can do dogs and stuff on the paid version. Oh well, buy the damn like, thing. Like what do you what do you? I don't understand what you're not seeing. Well, I people. see people's I see people's stuff all the time. Like I just okay. had two people just request me as a friend on Hunt App. Okay, and I signed up to them, but nobody's has anything wrote in their journals. Well, maybe they're not hunting yet. Well, I, I'm on there. Hunting. I'm I, on there. I don't have you as my friend either. You dickhead. I'm not adding you. Why? I don't want you to see where I'm hunting. I'm going to add you right now because I've never added anybody anyways. Just confirm. I don't even. I, I was going to wait until because I've still got to upload. Oh, I've got my picture uploaded. Add new friend. Search. Oh, show. Lord. I need to get back on here. I've got a lot of friend requests. You dickhead. Oh, my goodness. So if you're listening to this, I have not. Jeff Sanford wants to be. That's a decline. That is a decline right there. I have. I set this up and I have not been back into it. So, um, I'll get I'll I'll get around to all that after a while. 
I just don't have anything to say on there. Kind of like Lee chose. If I don't have something to say. You're not saying. You just put down your stuff. I don't have anything. I don't have any stuff to put down. Until November. Until. Uh, I just added Mike Hurt. Anyways, if Ooh. you're out there, Mike Hurt, oh. if you're on, get but on in, Hunt Proof and look me up. Jeff Stanfield. Good looking son of a bitch wearing a cocksucker cabbie hat and um, a red flannel shirt. And it's got my new t-shirt that's coming out late year coming out there is my logo. Get on there and do it. But they're going to add Dove to it, too. Right. That'll be good. But in two weeks when I start hunting again, that's when I'll get active on there. So you're not going to add me as a friend? You're in limbo right now. We'll figure this out later. I'm in limbo. Okay. Anyways, Hunt Proof app. I like it. It's got the weather on it. It's got everything on it. It's it's just way to go. I'm telling you right now. We got a white north we got a north wind right now. Yeah, we do. What's our what's our uh migration predictor to, hunt predictor? You know, I have not looked at the uh hunt the bird forecaster. Yeah. I want to see how many birds come in because that's a really interesting app also. Or not We're app. We're on a good outlook today. Birdcast search Knox County, Texas. And I'm telling you, people, someone's going to message me, and they're going to ask, because anything we talk about, some birdcast.info is what you want. And it's got all of the – you can go on there and you can search, and it's got migration dashboard that can show you how many birds went through your – we had 710,000 birds come across last night. In our area. In our area. And they were widgeon, green-winged teal, ready duck, rails, something I can't say, yellow-bellied sapsucker, golden kinglet, marsh wren, white-crowned sparrow, spur. Swamp Sparrow, a Metal Ark, and a Tennessee Warbler. Can't beat the old Tennessee Warbler. Nope, but we got Widgeons, Green Wing Till, and Ready Duck. I did see a bunch of new big ducks behind the lodge this morning. I don't know what they were, but I'm assuming it's probably gadwalls. I just confirmed Mike Hurt. All right. But you didn't confirm me, you dickhead. All right, y'all. I don't want you stealing my shit. Thank y'all for listening to us. We appreciate it. God bless y'all and have a great... When's this coming out? Is this coming out this week? No. This will come out Monday. All right. Well, y'all have a great, wonderful week, then. Thank you. Go check out our sponsors. Go check out Ducks Unlimited, Double T British Kennels, Dirty Duck Coffee, Big Honker Save 15%, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. All I need to shut the hell up. Fangtail Whiskey, Alpha Outdoor Specialties, maker of the Stanfield Stool, Looking Glass Podcast. Go to their Patreon account, get subscribed to their podcast. Lucky Duck Shin Gear Waiters, Gundog Outdoors, Pacific Calls, BHP 25. Uh, dive bomb and boss shot shells.